You're listening to the Bill Shapes Podcast, presented by Midcoast Sports. The postseason is here for UND hockey and UND women's basketball, and our team covers those teams like no one else, continuing this weekend in St. Paul at the Frozen Faceoff and in Lexington at the WBI. Stay tuned to Midcoast Sports social media for game previews, post-game reaction, and more. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. It is the 14th of March. We are taping this on a sunny morning. Possibly like there's a little blip of spring, maybe before winter comes back in a couple days. Alex Seinert, Bill Shaves, and special guest, CFO and Senior Associate Director of Athletics, Chad Carthauser. Welcome, fellas. Thanks for having me. This is uh, this will be fun. It will be fun. You know, we uh, try to go a little bit... Uh, external with some of our folks and internal to kind of bring people behind the curtain on some of the things that our uh, our staff does. And uh, Chad's uh, involved in a few different things. But, you know, first and foremost, he sits in a chair, Alex, and and he manages, uh, uh, you know, our budget, which is no small task for sure. And uh, he's been doing that for a number of years. And uh, uh, we're, we're happy, the, obviously, with the work he does in that regard, but um, also kind of oversees sort of our uh, liaison to human resources. So with that, um, January is always an interesting month, right, Chad, as far as reporting is concerned when it comes to uh, Division I uh, athletic departments? Oh, yeah, for sure. January is kind of the, uh, you know, I guess if you want to put it into football terms, again, I know the Super Bowl is played in February nowadays, but for a long time it was in January. And from a business perspective, I would say our Super Bowl is definitely January. So uh, uh, as an NCAA Division I institution, uh, it's mandatory every year that you have to go through, you have to engage with an outside firm and have your books audited for the previous fiscal year. So for us, um, you know, that'd be fiscal year 2022 that ends June 30th. Uh, So at the conclusion of that audit process, um, those numbers then, uh, both revenues and expenses, uh, need to be transmitted to the NCAA by January 15th of every year. So, uh, so yeah, part of my job is actually a big portion of my job is going through that audit process with our firm. Uh, we have a really great firm that we work uh, with out of Florida, James Moore and company, really, really well versed in this and the agreed upon procedures uh, aspect of it. Uh, and then when we get those, then we get the ability to then transmit those. I believe there's 20 different revenue categories and 22 different expense categories. Uh, you allocate them by sport um, and then uh, it's all input into the online system for the NCAA. And then you have to hit send before the 15th. And uh, luckily uh, every year we've been here, we've kind of been able to hit that mark. So uh, it's always a long process, uh, but you know, always when you get to the end, you're always kind of hopeful. And uh, of course uh, not having any audit findings is also a great thing. So, uh, so yeah, a uh, little, little bit behind the curtain. I'm sure not a lot of people know about and. <laughs> Another great thing about it, too, since we are a state institution, uh, those records are actually posted on the UND website. So uh, I find it interesting sometimes that people are like, hey, you know, like, what do they spend all their money on? It's like, well, you know, we actually post it on the website and uh, you can access it there. I will caution you, though, it is an 85 page document, so it's a lot. But uh, but definitely uh, from my perspective, though, uh, it is a, uh, it's a it's a great process to go through, um, it, 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 and I uh, I really enjoy it actually. Believe it or not, 
Yeah, he, uh, you know, I chuckle, Alex, but uh, Chad really does get excited when when he talks auditing. So if you uh, ever get him and Mike Bergeron from the Ralph together, um, you just give them a blank whiteboard and let them go. Audits are an opportunity to get better. That's all you need to do with that. That's like, yeah, (laughs) some people think, oh, you're... you only are worried in an audit situation if you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like if you're doing something wrong, then, okay, maybe you might be fined out. We're, as a state institution, we are constantly under scrutiny for those types of things. So I believe we do things the right way. So if you're if you're approaching it from that perspective, then you should be just fine if you go through an audit. And if anything, they might find things that you can improve upon. So an 85-page document. That'll be a little light reading, I think, for our listeners coming up later tonight, perhaps before bed. Maybe set the tone before you fall, dropped off to sleep, Chad. I, if you aren't a finance person, <laughs> there might not be anything better to read before you go to bed than that eighty-five page document. Because let me tell you, yeah, it can be it can be a lot to digest. You know, it is interesting if you think about it. Uh, correct. If let's just use nine o'clock and nine o'clock. If for some reason you want it at nine p.m., you could be sleeping by 9.30. Now, now a Chad, for instance, would get it at 9 a.m. and spend all day with it. And just, he would be coming out with spreadsheets and a lot of, the best day for him is when USA Today brings out all the financials. So, uh, I mean, it, Christmas it, that morning in the card house. Oh, it is holiday time. Alex. Oh, oh it yeah. yeah. Time. It's, it's, like, it's like Christmas in August. Oh, well. Uh, speaking of August, as we transition, uh, the, the last time we had Chad on, it was about Talking FCS postseason and the bidding process to host and those sorts of things. And that was back in December. Now we're looking ahead uh, to a schedule that's going to come out for UND football for the 2024 season. And it looks like things have now lined up in that schedule. As you're listening to this, it's likely Wednesday the 15th. That schedule is going to be out there for everybody to see. Talk about that process of nailing down what that schedule looks like. Yeah, um, you know, I'll say I will I will plug this before that's something that, uh, you know, Bill kind of moved over to my desk. Uh, Kyle Doporalski was kind of let kind of him and Bill both led that process before I got here. And I would say that they did an absolutely exceptional job in terms of putting together contracts, um, engaging with other schools. Uh, So really, I got dealt a really good hand, I would say, by being in here. Uh, But the one thing that we did need to track down was. you know, uh, occasionally the NCAA, you know, you're allowed to have that 12th game, mm-hmm. a 12 game schedule, which we uh, luckily are going to be able to do. And uh, 2024 was one of those years where we had that. We had 11 games on the schedule. Uh, we were looking for a another game. So we had one open date in our non-conference schedule. Uh, and we, and, you know, the one thing that we'd already had is we already had six home games. So then we, we thought we went through it and talked about it as staff and said, you know, do we want to engage in a home and home, maybe go on the road because we already have six, or do we maybe want to just see if we can procure, like we can get that seventh home game. And so it, it's a lot of, uh, you know, I'll do a plug here for the gridiron software that we use. We're able to see teams that have availability in there. We were able to pin down a couple of them, had various conversations, but ultimately um, we did end up signing a contract with the University of San Diego. Um, so to complete that schedule and that will be a home game. So uh, we will. So for 2024, um, again, I again, kudos to everybody before. I feel I just landed the plane that was dealt to me. But in 2023, you're going to have six home games, you know, for our fan base. But then in, in 2024, there will be seven home games that wow. year now. So seven at home. Uh, and I believe that's the first time that that's happened here since t- uh, 2013. 
in the division one era. So that is uh, that it's, it's, we're really excited about it. Yeah, no, we really are. Chad, you did a great job on that. And uh, I think to clean that up, uh, we will pay San Diego a guarantee to come here because it will not be a home and home. So it's just, uh, it's just a kind of a one-off game to, to come to Grand Forks. And, you know, we, we kind of balance it between what's it cost to go on the road versus what can you do to bring a team in, right? So, uh, so fortunately that it just worked itself out, which is awesome. And sometimes, you know, uh, a school like San Diego, they have, uh, um, they're one of those, I would say, philosophically, they do step on planes. So that that's that's kind of the conversations you have to have with schools. Some in the Northeast, like we were having a conversation with a school in the Northeast, and there's just so many games around them. They they don't literally have to step on a plane. Yeah, it, it's it's intriguing to see like if uh, you can go and if you just even did a Google search for, you know, Division One schools like, you know, play football and you look at a map of where all those schools are based and you just look like, you know, west of the Mississippi River. I mean, it, there are a lot of schools that they just have to hop on a plane to have to go to go to places. And if you look over in the in the northeast, uh, even on the east coast and the south. It, you can just really hop on a bus for a lot of those. So, you know, why would you hop on a plane and do that when you could just easily get something, you know, uh, that you could just hop on a bus for? So uh, it, it's it's a it's a it sometimes it can be a little bit of a difficult endeavor, but I think that we've done quite well with it. And so we're 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 really excited for this. We are really, really excited. Yeah, well, seven. I mean, seven home games is exciting over the course of a 12 game regular season with the potential for more in the playoffs, of course. And San Diego, that's a great get. That's been one of the premier teams in the Pioneer League for years and years. Like a constant FCS playoff squad. This would be a team that'll come in and give North Dakota a challenge. So that'll really set up, hopefully, the team for success, having a, a strong caliber of opponent for that seventh game. Yeah, you make a good point, Alex. And I would say, you know, interestingly, the way the schedule worked this past year, uh, having the Abilene Christian game that came in the middle of the year helped right from a playoff uh you know scenario they came in they were a real tough team and uh i i think our guys had their hands full but we found a way to win that game and that that certainly helped us i think it propelled us a little bit to the playoffs i, I completely agree san diego has been a yeah, basically in that pioneer league they've been the perennial power in that conference um have a great pedigree you know jim harbaugh david shaw both went through there um they do they do a great job with that program um you know we, i was actually quite surprised that uh, that they actually wanted to engage with us uh, i didn't i didn't think that that would be something but it, again we just kind of you know we kind of started talking about it and it seemed like something they were interested in and you know to get a team of that caliber to come in here i think it'll be it'll be a great game um and i think it'll be an entertaining bout for the fans to, to watch so the last thing is, Chad, that you work on, uh, well, you, you oversee our HR process and we, we think the first subject might put you to sleep a little bit. I think just all, you know, the, the process of, of grinding through a hire, we don't need to go through that. We'd lose a lot of pod listeners at that point in time. Long story short, I'm just going to say this, Chad does a great job with it. I mean, he, he moves forward, gets it to where we need to do. We're a state agency. So there's a lot of things, a lot of hoops we have to go through and jump through. And it's the right thing, obviously, to do. And he does a great job with it. But the other thing you do do, and we talked about FCS playoffs, is kind of postseason 
type of uh, opportunities. And obviously we've got one coming up here uh, this weekend with our women's basketball team. So why don't you just talk about that process a little bit? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it works for both. Uh, you know, this happens it's, and it started happening more with a lot of these, uh, I would say with your volleyball, um, obviously men's basketball is with it. Softball now does things like this, where there are uh, possibilities for you to enter into a postseason tournament. Um, and so oftentimes you are contacted by that particular entity, whoever it is, whether it's WNIT, the WBI, the CBI, CIT, whoever. And uh, they basically are saying, hey, you're on our radar screen of a possible team that we would, you know, that we would consider for this uh, for this particular tournament. And, you know, they gauge your interest. And oftentimes that's a, a meeting amongst the seniors. To, obviously, if the coaches and the team is on board, which shocker, most of them are on board for it because, you know, we like to keep we like games. Hey, let's 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 not. We love games. So, uh, you know, and especially for if you're a senior, you know, you want that season to continue to go. Um, so a lot of times they're in, so then it's just a conversation and, you know, you make a decision as a department and then it's just getting all the necessary paperwork in. And again, it's, it, again, I can definitely put you to sleep with this one too, but you know, just, <laughs> Hey, facility, facility availability. Can, can you, can you host if you need to, uh, are you able to get to the place that you need to go? You know, a lot of times you're not going to know, you know, where you might have to go after, if you win a game. Uh, so, you know, it's just kind of the flexibility with that. And then, uh, you know, financially, is it something that's feasible for the department? In this particular situation with the WBI, you know, we we put in paperwork for both the WNIT, the WBI. WNIT, you know, unfortunately was like, yeah, they, we didn't get there. But WBI immediately was interested. And, you know, so uh, and we just we felt that it was the right decision, especially for that group of seniors. I think we, uh, we were all there and I, you know, I, I think for everybody on that team, you could tell this was a team that still had a lot of gas in the tank. And uh, you know, it was, so when we got the, we were like, Hey, we're in, we're hundred percent in uh, director of ops was all working all all weekend, trying to figure out how to get to Lexington, Kentucky. I believe we, we, we will get there. Um, it'll take a little, it <laughs> might be a little challenging, but we will get there. And, uh, and you know, and they're guaranteed three games. Yeah. So, you know, you get three more chances to see. And I, I love, I really like the format of the WBI where they're doing it all in a central location and you're guaranteed three games. I think it just, it puts a great mind. You kind of know where you're going. You, 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 you can kind of game plan a little bit better. You know, you're not having to worry about, oh, can we get to this location or that location? No, I, I, th I think that what they did with this is a great setup. And uh, so I think you're going to have eight great teams that are going to be in that tournament. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we're able to you know, hoist up a trophy at the end of it. Yeah, that's really exciting. It is. I, you know, and Chad alluded to it. I, I'd, I'd say this. I think every year it's going to be its own based on each team. And, you know, some teams it's, it's the right thing for. Sometimes it's not. Like sometimes it's, you know what, certain teams have kind of come to an end and it's just time for them to, to move on. And, uh, and, and, and so we have to have those conversations, which we do. And, uh, I know, I know our team is incredibly excited about going down there. Now, having said that all and it's all like, like teams as well. So, you know, they, I think that's the other thing, Chad, that they've done a nice job with is, is Hey, let's take some mid majors that have had pretty good years. They've won more than they've lost, right? They've had some success. And so it'll be a challenge down there. But you also know, again, correct, the bracket goes one way for the winners, but it still goes the other way. And you can still figure out how to make it a success for you. So it's exciting. 
The specifics on that, by the way, North Dakota will play Cal Baptist in the first round coming up on Friday at 5 o'clock. You can watch those games, by the way, streaming on watchwbi.com for $10 a day. They'll play the winner of Georgia Southern and Northern Illinois. And as you said, it is a guarantee you're going to play three games no matter what. There's a consolation bracket and there's a championship bracket. It's a bit like a state tournament, which we just got to witness in North Dakota on the high school side this past weekend. Shout out Grand Forks Red River. Hey. But the uh, this this, as you said... Talking to Mal and, and seeing that group of kids, you know, when they lost in the Summit League tournament, the emotions there of feeling like, could this be our last game? And not ready to be done with that. And, and feel like, like, as Chad said, feeling like there's more to give. We, we still have more of our journey left. It's exciting that they'll get this opportunity to continue their college careers, continue this season with a chance to win a trophy. And, and I can't help myself, but the, the streaming also works out to 250 a game if you actually watch all four games that day. So, you know, like it might be ooh, $10. Well, yeah, but you get four games each day. Like that's two fifty a game. You know, that's less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Like that's a, hey, that's a good deal. Yep. It's, it's exciting. I, I agree with you, Alex. Um, you know, talking to the seniors, they, they, they can't wait to go put our Jersey back on and, and, and have the opportunity to play three. And, you know, there is kind of a mental piece to that where you kind of know you're not in the one and done mode, right? I know we're going to talk hockey here in a second, but it, you know, it, it, the one and done mode, it, it, it happens so suddenly sometimes. Right. And, and again, think about it. We made this incredible comeback, had the ball, to really potentially what tie Tie the the game game or take the lead. And so, but then all of a sudden it doesn't work out. The buzzer sounds and you're done. And so for them to be able to go back, uh, we're real excited about it. Yeah. Well, looking forward to that coming up this weekend, a busy weekend around UND athletics. We're going to continue covering that in just a sec. Chad though, thanks so much for your time, for giving us a little insight on this process of scheduling and money and life. You're a good man. We appreciate you. No, thank, thanks again for having me. No, enjoyed it. <laughs> thanks, Chad. Thanks again to Chad Karthauser for joining us. Multi-time podcast, Chad Karthauser. Always bringing the details from behind the curtain. Yeah, I thought his metaphor of is there enough uh, gas in the tank it was a good one, really, because that that is true. Like it, it, there's certain teams, we, you've been around them all, all, all your time. You can just tell if you've just been gassed out. And you know you, you you've got almost nothing more to give. But if there's a, if there's a team or a program and a scenario that makes sense like this one, you know, away you go. But yeah, no, you're Chad's. You know, one of our you know hard workers behind the scene. Like we have many uh, that sometimes you just don't notice all all of the things that he does. But that guy spins plates. That's what I'll tell you. And he's got a lot of things that goes rolling into his office every day. And uh, you know, we're in a people business, Alex, and he he manages our, um, you know, our human resources to some degree. And, you know, in many times, he's just a really a great resource too for for our staff to to make sure that, you know, he has answers to questions that they might have. And he does a great job. People in those roles, I feel, do an awesome job allowing our student athletes opportunities and, and enabling the athletic department to keep going. It's not a fun job necessarily. Obviously, he enjoys it, which is great. And we need people like that in the world. I would dare anybody to go read that 85-page document and tell me that (laughs) they understand it or they got a lot out of it or they enjoyed it. But Chad does. And that's awesome because if not for people like Chad, 
your finances would be a mess and you wouldn't be able to do things like this or hire good people or have money to send teams to tournaments like this. So kudos to Chad and the rest of that army on that side of things, crunching the numbers. Yeah, he played he played Division three football at Occidental. Uh, mm. And so at the end of the day, um, yeah, he blocks and tackles. <laughs> he clears ways, right? That's, That's what he it. does. That is the perfect analogy. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into uh, a lot of news. And this is our first pod in a couple of weeks. We took the Summit League tournament break slash NCHC quarterfinals break last week because there was a ton of stuff going on. But we're going to cover roughly what's been going on around UND Athletics now. And the big news, breaking news, which is just coming out now on today, the 14th of March on a Tuesday, the extension of both basketball coaches, Mallory Bernhard and Paul Sather, signed to extensions that will keep them tied to the school until the 25-26 season. Talk about those decisions to keep these people a part of the programs that they have been leading with great aplomb, I think, the last handful of years since they took over. Yeah, I think two different situations, really, but it just landed in the same time frame. And so if you look back on, uh, you know, Mallory's situation, she took over on an interim basis on one year. And then we, uh, we, we went forward with a three-year deal. Um, and that would be concluding at the end of next season. So kind of going into the last year. And then when we hired Paul, it just happened to be the same time frame he was going to be ending next year too and i think you know i think as an athletic director um as coaches um just as teams uh the locker room knowing that there's stability moving forward i thought was tremendously important um i think if you talk to uh paul at this stage of the game you'd probably say hey look yeah you know what our record needs to get better i think i think he will be the first one to say that no doubt about it i think everyone him included need to assess you know um where's the trajectory going and and i believe you know just given and again not that it was about the last nine games of the year but you know we found a way to win six out of our last nine and two of those losses were against a historically pretty good team so in the summit league so if you want to say six out of the last seven you know i mean i think our locker room is is headed to where we want it to to go. And, and I think there was a lot of miles put on the odometer this year to, to, to provide an opportunity for that program to continue to ascend. Well, meanwhile, I think Mal's group may be a little, obviously ahead of the men's group right now, where she finished in the top half of, uh, of the standings this year. And so, um, and obviously, you know, didn't get a, a W down in uh, uh, Sioux Falls, but obviously is going to experience some postseason play. I think that program is, uh, although we lose a number of, uh, you know, unbelievable uh, um, uh, student athletes that are exhausting their eligibility, whether they have a year left or not, you know, we're still working through those uh, conversations. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I just think, again, from a stability standpoint, from where we were with COVID, with where we were with portal situation, with um, not having to have a year in residency as a basketball player, that all happened over the last several years. I just think it was the right thing at the right time for us right now. And it th- I think it just gets us, you know, thinking, hey, you know what, we're, we're headed in the right direction, but there's still plenty of work to do. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And, and like you said, with the the contract situations as they were entering this soft season, knowing, hey, you've got one more year and then and then you get that uncertainty moving forward. 
the way that we've seen the transfer portal work and certainly with recruiting, I think kids want to go to places where even if they have some flexibility in what they do, it's nice to know the person that recruited me is, is going to be here through at least my junior season or is going to be with me till the end. Or I know this is a person that the university and the team clearly trust. Those things really matter. And as you said, you've got two great people, first of all, in Paul and Mal, who have been awesome in the community and fantastic for the athletic department and for their student athletes and their programs, but also are really good basketball coaches. And as you said, with with the men, tough little stretch, but we know Paul Sather can coach, and there's no doubt about that. And the way the season finished, again, proves that once again. And same story with Mal. 13-1 and one at home this year and a chance to go win a championship in the postseason coming up this weekend. So a lot of good things for those two programs. And again, great to see good people get rewarded with these contract extensions. Yeah, you know, I, I think for those of you that kind of drop off before Alex and I, you know, just uh, like to talk about things we like to talk about on the B side. The one thing that, you know, you can actually kind of bring the B side to the A side is right now the team that I follow, Tottenham, they're, they're in very much in uncertain territory with their manager. And it has casted a cloud on their year, literally uh, uh, week by week. And, um, you know, I, I just think that sometimes I, I, I would never want to put myself in a box to say that you wouldn't go into the last year with a coach. I, 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 I never say never. I mean, I, I sometimes it could be the right situation. I, I don't know. But I felt in this particular situation, it was the right thing to do, given maybe the trajectory. And again, I'm talking more on the men's side, because I think that's where there could be some questioning in some way, shape or form. But I, I don't know. I, I think it's the absolute right thing to do, because you're right. Paul um, has things going in the right direction in so many areas. Now it's just, you know, now we've got to get the fulfillment, the end fulfillment. And same with, you know, Mal, which, you know, she's an alum, you know, she bleeds green. Um, and so, you know, we're excited about having both of them, you know, represent us uh, out in the community, uh, the state of North Dakota. When you go, you know, places literally all over the country and you wear um, the words North Dakota, it means something. And you have to make sure you have the right ambassadors and we have the right ambassadors. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. So congrats to Paul and Al on inking those extensions. Basketball not done yet. Again, be sure to follow the women as they go to Kentucky in the WBI coming up this weekend, starting on St. Patrick's Day and then continuing through Sunday. Win or lose, three games guaranteed for the ladies as they'll close out their season. Speaking of St. Patrick's Day, that's when the hockey team will be playing next. North Dakota continuing their season after a, I mean, a really emotional, dramatic three-game series against Omaha in the NCHC quarterfinals this past weekend. You and I were there, Bill. A great effort by this team. Talk about playing your best hockey at the right time. They've only lost once in their last nine games and now are two wins away from making the NCAA tournament. In this country, we're all about brackets this past week. And if you're a, if you're a number one seed in that tournament, you got to win six. So basically, we're in the NCAAs right now. Hmm. I mean, that's it. So, I mean, the NCAA tournament starts for us. I know you could say it started last week, but a two out of three is a little bit different. A little safety right? net there. Little, just a little bit. A little bit different. It's a little bit, I, just the mentality is just different. It just is. If you are willing to know that I have to play nine plus periods to advance, that feels a little different than boom, 60 minutes, right? Three periods. And so it starts this weekend. You know, I, 
I don't know enough about the uh, the math on it. If we were to win on Friday and say lose on Saturday, I, I don't know enough about the math. It doesn't matter. I think this team's mentality is we've got to win two games in St. Paul. So, you know, so it starts again. Uh, but I thought you're right. I thought the I thought the Omaha series, it didn't surprise me that, you know, basically it was a tie game or a one goal game the entire weekend, you know, sans the last five minutes of the ninth period. And uh, but I thought our yeah. ninth period was better than our first period. And that's where I was impressed with with our team. And I thought periods seven, eight and nine were pretty good quite frankly. Um, but give Omaha a lot of credit. They had a good year this year. They earned home ice and, you know, we knew it was going to be a tough out, uh, for sure. And that's what happened. And, you know, here we go again. So now we go down to St. Paul, drop the puck and our guys pretty much know what needs to be done now. It's so exciting. Like, I just can't tell you the, the series in Omaha was great. And as you said, every period was better from Friday on to Saturday and into Sunday. And Bradbury said it after the game Sunday. He's like, that was maybe our best performance all season. And the way it finished, of course, you crescendo with this incredible three goals in less than two minutes to ice the game in the final five. I mean, it was... I don't think I did a great job describing like just how crazy that was at the end of the game. Like just the fact that the dam just broke and they just... It wasn't a smash and grab performance. That's a that's a football saying where it's like ah, you just kind of held on. But but essentially they they broke through the barrier of this great goalie who was an all conference performer and this defense that had been so stingy all weekend. And after having these tight games that were down to the wire, they said we're not gonna we're not gonna leave it to that. Let's just score three goals and get out of here. Um, it was amazing, just an amazing performance. You know, if you're from a from a distance, you probably would have thought, ooh. Okay, UND scored and then they got two empty netters. Yeah, no. And you know, and that wasn't the case. It just it just was uh it was fascinating. I mean, that's why we love sport. That's why you you, you just don't know what's going to happen. You just don't. And I think everyone was on the edge of their seat. Uh, and uh you know, our guys certainly came through and you know, talk about gas in the tank. I feel like this is a team that has gas in the tank and you know, it, it, it'll be really fascinating uh, this weekend because I think, you know, this is a team that certainly I, I would say have figured a few things out um, along the way. And I guess my, my analogy would be this, I, and I've said this to a few people, if there's three things you have to do to re really get going and win a game, it felt like all year long, we might've had two out of three going or one out of three going. Never did we have zero out of three, but we had one or two. We never really had three out of three going. And I feel like this team still has that apex where if they have three out of three going, Ooh, we could be a tough out. Uh, no one wants to play this team right now. I mean, it's just, they've just found a way. And I think this was reminiscent of what we saw from this group last year that had kind of been missing this year, that ability to, not only defense and not only to score, but to have that killer instinct, you know, to finish a team off, to not let a team come back. And we saw that on Sunday. And now they'll get, they'll get a chance to extend their season once again. Again, it's all sudden death elimination for this group from here on out. Two are down. So as you said, you got six more to go. And it starts with a good matchup against the Huskies team they would have seen in February. It was a two very even, tight, fun games that North Dakota played really well in. They were dominant in stretches over the course of that series. 
It's going to make for great drama on Friday night, 7.30 at the X in St. Paul this weekend. Yeah, you know, in, in, in Alex, I would say this, and you probably had a better replay of it. Of course you did. I mean, with your perch and, and, and all, the, all the angles that you have from Midco. Here's what I would say, though. You know, think about it. Our, our, our team, um, I, thought, I thought Omaha did a nice job in game one. And but we still found a way to to make it interesting and then hit a bar. Mm -hmm. I think it went down mm -hmm. and by inches doesn't go in. So, you know, that's a tough Friday night when you go back to the hotel now knowing, hey, I got to stack two together, but you, you can't stack two on Saturday. You can only stack one. That's and that's really the message right on Friday. Yeah, I know you got to win both, but it's not a doubleheader. It's it, we're, we're, we'd have to play one, and we got to figure it out. There was such a good feeling around the group. I think that was the thing. Saturday, talking to the guys, at least after the fact, there were a lot of nerves going into that game because it was, if we lose, we're done, and we're not ready to be done yet. But we didn't play great last night. What can we do? And it just seemed like there was a little more, there was more apprehension around the group than you normally would have. And that mood changed completely on Sunday. Guys were loose. They felt confident again. You know, they had the victory under their belt. They played much better, better performance from start to finish, really a full 60 minutes on Saturday. And there was a much more of an air of, we're going to do this. This, this, is, we're not, this is something that's going to happen. And I think that now can carry into this next weekend. And they should, they should be confident. They should feel really good. They've only, again, they've only lost once since that sweep against Denver on the road uh, in, in Magnus Arena. And so it's been a really good run for this team. And now they've got a chance to keep going and do something special this weekend. I would imagine there's going to be a lot of green in the house on Friday, which does not hurt. So... <laughs> <laughs> it will be it'll be really fun to see how it there'll be going. a lot of green period in St. Paul and that makes you feel good I mean as a North Dakota person everybody's gonna have their St. Patrick's Day best on and whether or not it's North Dakota Kelly Green or if it's just Ireland's Kelly Green you take it as if it is North Dakota Kelly Green and that's that's not a bad mindset to have it'll be a home game essentially for them on Friday and it they've had I know that the X has not necessarily in recent years been Kind to UND. I know they've only made one championship game in the current state of the frozen faceoff outside of Ralph Engelstad Arena. But wh why not now? You know, they, they just won their first road series since 1995. Why not continue to break a couple streaks and go do something special and extend their season to the NCAAs? Yeah. And as we all know, um, and, and this isn't right or wrong, I, I think it's just fair to acknowledge there's different mindsets on a year to year basis going into these this year. And I think in the way, you know, hockey rolls, you, you, you might know you're playing the following weekend. I mean, if you're Denver or St. Cloud, you, you know, Western Michigan, you know, you've got more hockey to be played. I think it's a different mindset. If, if you know, you've got to take care of business to keep playing. And so that's it. It's a different level of urgency. It doesn't mean that you score more goals than the other team, but what it does is it's it's you do have a sense of urgency. Yeah, there is that that desperation level that maybe you can account for when you have again we mentioned earlier that safety net of knowing well if we lose this game, yes we want to win this trophy of course, yes we're going to play our hardest etc. But it's not like my career is going to end if I lose in the semifinals if you're Denver or St. Cloud. And I know sometimes too from a coaching standpoint. 
North Dakota obviously wouldn't see Denver until the final, and, and they've got to beat Colorado College first. But that's a Denver team with a bunch of guys who were hurt. And St. Cloud State, same story, guys that are just gutting it out right now. Do you balance that as a coach to say, hey, we can give this guy an extra week of rest for the games that really matter next week with our seasons on the line in the NCAAs? Just little things to think about. Yeah, and, and I think I need to be fair and say this too. Of course, you'd rather already be in the NCAAs. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, like, like I, the pod is not suggesting that this is the opportune scenario to be in. I, I mean, I think we all would rather be, you know, a top four seed or top four in the pairwise right now, thinking you're going to get a number one seed. I mean, I, that of course is what you're hoping for, but this is the, this is the cards we've been dealt at this point in time And each season has its own way of going about things. And I, I I've said it, I've said it to a number of folks and I literally said it to the team, you know, back in, back in December when I was traveling with them, I, I like the attitude of this team. I, I just think there's there, there's chapters to be written, and, and Brad has said that too. And we never know how it's all going to go, but there's still opportunity for us to figure out an awesome end to this book. Well, it's exciting to see what that next chapter is going to be, and we'll, we'll get a taste of it with 60 minutes or more of hockey on Friday night. Again, UND will play the second game against St. Cloud State, Denver CC, and the Gold Pan rivalry game will be at 4 o'clock that day. Again, how about that? Again, CC too, how about that? The 7th seed, talk about a team playing with some desperation. They had one in 13, Bill. They were winless in their last 13, and they go to Lawson and they sweep against the top 10 team in Western Michigan. This time of year, March Madness extends to the ice sometimes too. Yeah, so I think the way the you know every every year especially in this league sometimes sometimes it's you never know where the separation's going to go sometimes it gets really clear between say 4 and 5 or let's say the top 3 and then you're battling for that fourth home playoff spot here this year was kind of that two through seven. It felt like we kind of knew Denver and Miami, however that went. It felt like we knew that for a few weeks, but we also knew CC um, has had some really good performances this year, and they've really had um, – uh, I will say the bulk of the back end of their schedule was really, really difficult. And they, they played us really well in Colorado Springs. Now we found a way to win, but I mean, they, they are, um, they are a grinding team that they are playing some pretty good hockey. So that should be a, a heck of a game at four o'clock as well. They have lost 11 in a row to DU and they would love nothing more than to get past them to get to the title game. It's, it's crazy. Just for fun, by the way, I've started doing research because I'll, I'll get to call these games this weekend, which is, which is so fun uh, with CBS Sports Network. But they, they have not won a conference tournament championship since 1978, Bill. And they're two wins away from that. And to do it, they're going to have to beat Denver and then they're going to have to beat either North Dakota or St. Cloud State. And if they do, they'll be in the NCAA tournament. It would be an awesome story for Chris Mann in his second season. So because Alex just has to do that because he's very well prepared. So, yeah, that was my first, you know, uh, sessions of counseling with the Red Sox in 1978. Oh. <laughs> when Bucky, Bucky Dent ruined my the, life at 12 years old. Seven, so, 78 you know, has a special connotation. Certain years, just they just have something to them. They do. Yeah. 
they do 75, 78, 86. Yep, yep. Yes. Yeah. 86 was the tipper. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. Okay. I digress. 75 has positive connotations. Carlton Fisk. I know they lose the series to the Reds, but Carlton Fisk, like that's what you think of. Hopefully. Maybe, maybe. I guess that's what I think of. I wasn't alive, but I- here, here's the truth. Here's the truth. 75. I'm nine years old. I watch it. Don Gullett is pitching game seven and he's not having a great start. Do you know? I, I can remember this to the to the state. I felt sorry for him. Mm. And then sure enough, they came back and Joe Morgan got a base hit up the middle and beat the Red Sox four to three. And I said to myself, whatever side I'm on, I will never feel for the opposition <laughs> ever. I, I want them to do well prior to games and after games. But I have no problem walking up to my counterparts and saying, I do hope you have a kind of a miserable two hours, but at the end of the day, they hope that for me too. It's like the, this is going to get nerdy. It's like the great line in Lord of the Rings when Aragorn tells everybody before the Battle of Helm's Deep, show them no mercy because they will show you none. It's the same thing. Same thing. That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and because again, I, you, everyone wants to win by a goal or a point. So at the end of the day, what are we talking about here? But, um, but I'll tell you what, this weekend should be exciting. Um, and, you know, yeah, you're going to have a desperate North Dakota team. I mean, that, that's it. And we, we need to play desperate for sure. You forget because it feels like it's been this up and down season. And yeah, they haven't met expectations and all this stuff. This team is still really talented. And they still have played some great hockey in stretches this year. And they're still capable of doing something special. And I think people were very quick to sort of, as you said, write the write the closing chapters of this book, write the narrative. Yeah, they underachieved this year. And they could find themselves in Fargo next week. They're a series sweep essentially away from hosting an NCAA tournament game. And then who knows? I mean, that's what's so crazy about this. It, there are steps to be taken and you don't want to get ahead of yourself because you got to win Friday night, but they've put themselves in position to, to go further than some of these recent great North Dakota teams have gone. You just never know what's going to happen. And they have, they have, it all, right. it all starts on Friday. Got to get the win on Friday. Because you come, correct. I mean, you come at this point in time, no matter how you get there, uh, you know, the journey sometimes hardens you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this team ha- has really had nothing easy along the way for whatever reason. Some of it's self-induced, honestly, it, it just for a variety of reasons. And then, you know, and sometimes you create your own luck and sometimes l- Lady Luck's against you a little bit. It just felt like anytime we made a glaring mistake, it was absolutely in the back of our net. And 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 I, I it doesn't feel like the puck dropped that certain way. Now, you could say for sure the third goal on Sunday w- was an opportunity for us, given that the goalie, I think, hit a rut and I think he kind of fell backwards. But those are things you create. You create that luck at that point in time, goes in the net. And then, you know, Tyler Clevin was great all weekend. Great. And I, I'll tell you what, uh, talk about an NHL play he made to to make it 4-2. I mean, it was outstanding play and then uh and then to f- kind of finish it off again non-empty net i mean three three uh three goals five on five yeah amazing drew the ritter has been great again playing his best hockey Drew's down the great. stretch fantastic the defense has stepped up i mean the the third goal the game winner was scored essentially by their fourth line i mean it was albrecht and sidorsky who's such an unheralded defenseman that's been so important for this team and then ness gets his first goal since december and as you said, the stars have stepped up too. Again, Gaber with a three-point series and Clevin with goals on back-to-back nights. And I just they've they've checked so many boxes. 
Yeah, and Jackson Blake puts so yeah, much so pressure it, yeah. on oppositions. I mean, he just – it feels like this puck is stuck to his stick. <laughs> he's so good, yeah. And he's just going to get better. I mean, it's it's wild to think. Some, some of their younger players – and that's one thing I want to mention too. So much attention, I think, got paid to that final five minutes and that great explosion. Dylan James scores a shorthanded goal with 30 seconds left in the second period to tie the game up going into intermission. That was huge. I mean, that completely, in soccer, to bring this back to soccer again, scoring right before the half or right after the half, you always talk about how that just changes everything. Like the tactics that you had planned to talk about during the halftime interval, the adjustments you were going to make, the game completely changes with the goal late like that. And it did in this game. That was a out of nothing, pure speed and skill and talent and he scores on the breakaway like he's done three times now this year against Simon Lacozzi. And that set them, I think, on a trajectory to do what they did in that third period. Yeah, I mean, I think the mindset's different going into the third, right? I, I just do. I, I think now you're just saying, hey, it's a one-period game. It, you know, and, and, and I don't, you know, again, back to soccer terms. I know we have a hard out in five <laughs> minutes, so we can kind of flip to the B side right now as we're going. So so it's kind of an A, B uh, it's a merger. Yeah, it's a grant mismatch. So at the end of the day, <laughs> I, I, I'd say, and I haven't talked to Dylan about this, but my guess is just because he's played now so many games, I think he probably knows his his where he's got opportunity, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's a great guy, like a winger on a soccer, knowing he can put pressure on somebody, but it just feels like now he knows like where some things are and boy, he's, he's had a burst of speed as if um, maybe he's just now playing the game in a way where sometimes you're surveying the game when you first get there, but you know, he's, he's been a difference maker here the last few weeks. Yeah, he's had four goals in these last two weekends against Omaha. That's a good sign for a freshman who is as talented as he is that he's coming into his own. And like you said, maybe not thinking as much and just relying on his skill and his ability and his talent and just playing and feeling comfortable and knowing that he belongs in games like this. So for UND fans, you hope that continues coming up this weekend against St. Cloud again, Friday night, 7.30. Get to the X and support. If you can't be there in person, it'll be live on CBS Sports Network. So it's, uh, that's, I mean, those are the big things. Obviously, there's a ton of other stuff going on in athletics right now. All the spring sports, very much in it between softball and golf. Track and field, by the way, just wrapped up the indoor championships last weekend. A good showing again. Tiffany Magnuson's the newcomer of the year on the women's side. A lot of great performances by both the women and the men as they get ready to begin. Outdoor season now coming up after the indoor championships are done. Football's on going right now with spring ball. Some new hires coming on board as well. Uh, the elevation of Joel Schwentzweier to the defensive coordinator position, a new running backs coach coming in. Things are happening, Bill. Busy time of year here as we transition to March. Yeah, we've got to finish. Uh, we got a uh, Chad is uh, in the process of completing uh, Joel's replacement too. So maybe next pod we'll have that information as well. Just a lot going on. In fact, I just learned. Um, uh, and we were just talking about it. I, it. Our women's golf team shot an amazing 289 yesterday, and that's the best we've ever shot. And it was 295 prior to that, and we shot 289. Wow, six strokes better than your all-time best. Wow, second time out and in, 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 uh, into the. Uh, outside golf this year. So, I mean, just an amazing job by uh, Travis's group over there. So, uh, um, so that's exciting. And we're uh, ahead of St. Thomas uh, tied with South Dakota and three strokes off the pace from South Dakota state. 
So, uh, so again, um, going into round three, which is always interesting, right? It's like a Sunday. It's like a Sunday round on the, on the PGA tour or any other tour that's out there. Cool. That's exciting. Things to be excited about again, around athletics is all those things continue fightinghawks.com your place to go. If you need to learn a little bit more or keep kind of keep touch yeah. with the specifics on those sorts of things. Uh, yeah. Any B side things, Bill? Give a, a B side to hit no, today. No, the the only B side topic, the only one I, I will say is, and I haven't watched much, Alex, but I've watched a little. Is I do like the baseball rule changes, mm. tremendous, tremendous. It sped the game up, big time. They did. They were able to do two things for sure: speed it up and create more action. They actually are doing both. To it, you know, usually more action might seem it's gonna, it, it almost was counterintuitive, but it's not. I mean, imagine that guys are in the box, pitchers <laughs> are on the rubber, yeah. guys are pitching, guys are hitting. This is what you want. This, this is preferable to what we've been having for the last, you know, 20 years or so. This, the game had been slowed down and down and down. Play, play the game. Let's go out and play the game. Good yeah. for them. Good for yeah. them to finally decide. Let's, let's do some things to try and save this sport as a relevant major sport in our country. Read an article and it just said, teams will always do the finite to be successful, but the finite ruined the infinite. It started ruining the game itself. That The watchability of the game literally was ruined. And so you actually had to really hit a reset on some things and kind of figure that out. Now, if we could figure that out with VAR, we'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> that, will, that will be a debate for another pod and perhaps just a uh, pipe dream perhaps for all of us. But enjoy. Baseball is going to get going here soon. We got a lot of stuff between now and opening day. So enjoy this great weekend of athletics coming up, Bill. It's going to be awesome. Hey, Chris Sale's throwing 95. I mean, it's the little things like that that get you excited. Justin Turner looks like he's able to like see and, and speak after getting smacked in the face. Like it's It's been an interesting spring training for the Red Sox, to say the least. But at least there are some positive, vi positive vibes coming out of Fort Myers these days. I, I, here, I do believe... The team will be, I mean, we, we will rebound a little bit. We'll be better this year. We will be, um, how much better hard to say, but I'll tell you what the Yankees are taking it on the chin right now with the rotation. Yeah. They've had a ton of injuries in spring ball. So may that continue not to wish anybody ill, but may that continue. We're okay. Nothing serious. Just, you know, yeah, they've got 27 of them. They're fine. It's fine. They're, they're, they'll be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> just feel like them and the Lakers. They're fine. They're fine. They'll make it work. It always works out for those guys. So See you in St. Paul, Alex. See you in St. Paul, Bill. On that note, we're going to step away. Thanks again to Chad Karthauser for joining us. For Bill, for Alec, for Kelsey, for our entire behind-the-scenes crew, I'm Alex. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy this weekend coming up. Cannot wait.